Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to be happier. This week is episode 380, and every 10th episode is a very special episode. And so for this very special episode, we are doing an Ask Us Anything. We are going to be tackling questions from listeners. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Once again, I am in my little home office here in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer, and I'm very excited to hear what our listeners have on their minds, Gretchen. Yeah, I always love Ask Us Anything. We haven't done one in a while. I know. Now, before we launch in, there's a few updates that we have. Um, One comes from a listener, and I'm sorry, I forgot to write your name. So I don't know if this person was anonymous or I just forgot to note the name. So sorry about that. Yeah, and he or she says, another lazy Susan tip. The director of my writing group puts her laptop on a lazy Susan so that it can rotate and the folks on Zoom can see whoever is reading their work in person. We've been doing hybrid meetings coming out of COVID and this has helped. Gretchen, lazy Susans are all the buzz. This is why I thought this was so funny is you and I have always been enchanted by lazy Susans because our grandparents had that one that we loved as children. And now it really is like, They're so multi-useful. Yes, and I don't think they're lazy at all. That's right. I know. It seems like a strange name. I think we need to think of another name, but it is a memorable phrase. Yes, yes. I also wanted to mention that if you're looking for a Father's Day gift for a father in your life or someone who's like a father, something that people like is my Don't Break the Chain tracker, this journal that I have called Don't Break the Chain. I'm holding it up for people on YouTube. I'll post a photo for the show notes, but it helps you track your habits. Now, you can do this in the Happier app. There's a Don't Break the Chain tool. Some people like to do it in an app, and some people like paper and pen. So I got you covered either way, and I will post a link about that in the show notes if you're looking for a gift. Yes, I love that gift. And then, Gretchen, you know, if you think of summer as being June, July, and August, which is sort of how we think of it, and you and I talked about designing our summers recently, and I said I wanted to have a summer of health, well, I want to report to you that I've already started my summer of health. Yay! I got... My first shingles vaccine. Remember, I had given myself a demerit for not getting it. Well, now I have gotten the first shingles vaccine. And then I also got my second COVID booster. So I'm um, vaccined to the max at the moment. Oh, oh, that's so great. Well, you're well on your way then to your summer health. Okay. Yes. So it felt good to just check something off. Yeah. And that was great that the listeners sort of disabused you of what you thought you knew about the shingles vaccine. You had a lot more flexibility than you thought. Yes. Yes. So I took everyone's advice and I went ahead and got it. Excellent. Okay. Now let us 
us do ask us anything. We have got a lot of questions from listeners. Yes. Um, now, this is for you, Gretchen, from Jay. Okay. She says, I'm wondering how you choose what you read. You read so much and so many that seem out of the mainstream. Do you have a list of books you want to read? How do you choose what to buy, which to borrow, and which to keep? Do you prefer nonfiction over fiction? Gretchen, I wonder this myself, because you do have a very wide-reaching <laughs> selection. I do a lot of things to keep lists of books to read. I listen to some podcasts like Backlisted, which is, gives me great suggestions of books that are sort of forgotten. I will often, if I'm reading a book that I like and they mention another book, I will go look at that book. One of my very favorite books that I talk about all the time is Story of a Soul by St. Therese. And I found that because I was reading Seven Story Mountain by Thomas Merton. So I will often kind of go on a chain. Or like Elizabeth on More Happier, we talked about how I was reading a book about Eden Nesbitt. And that made yes. me realize, oh, I should look up Noel Streetfield's adult books. So I will often go in a chain like that. I also have a lot of books that I have to read what I would consider for work. And what I consider for work is probably uh, more expansive than what other people would be thinking is related. So with The Five Senses, I read so many books related to The Five Senses in kind of the broadest possible view. I try to read diverse voices, so I'll often seek to read, you know, an author who has a perspective that opens my range of understanding I'll read books by friends. Um, <laughs> if people recommend something to me, I have a, a list on my phone where I keep it going. Usually, if I haven't read a book and I can get it from my library, I will get it from the library. Sometimes if I love a book so much, I'll end up buying it just because I want to own it. But if I can easily check it out from the library, I will usually do that first. Because then if I don't like it, I can just return it. It's easy. But I do end up buying a lot of books because I can't get them at the library or they're new and or whatever. And do you have a preference of fiction over nonfiction? I love both. But this is what I found, fiction versus nonfiction. Elizabeth, I'd be curious to know what you think. I feel like... When fiction is good, I love fiction more. But mm. I feel like it's easier for nonfiction to be okay uh -huh. and make me want to read it than fiction. So, yes, like, when I it's good, it's there. better. But when it's, when it's sort of good, nonfiction is, is kind of an easier read. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I agree with you there, maybe because it feels like you're learning something in nonfiction, like there's some yeah. sort of facts you're gathering often. Or if it's a memoir, it's it's somebody's, yeah. You and I love people's stories, personal yes. stories, so I cannot imagine a memoir that I would not enjoy right. on some level. Yeah, you just go so deep into your research. It's amazing. I think that's... Yeah. Also, I should mention, people may not know that you read incredibly fast and retain information. I, you know, I don't... I must read fast. I don't feel oh like my I gosh, read that gosh. fast, but, but... And I do read... I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. remember giving you an outline to read that was like 16 pages, and you read it in like five minutes. And I was... I thought, well, she can't possibly have process what happened in the story, but you were like, oh, this happened and this happened and this detail and that detail. And clearly you got everything. So wow. you're a machine. And I think that allows you to read a lot more. Well, I, I do love to read. So that's, that's yes, part of you it. Do. And now, Alyssa, this is a question for you. It's a less fun question, but, but a very significant mm -hmm. question. Anne asks, is Liz's estate plan done? It has been years. We will all feel so happy when we know that's taken care of. Yes, Anne. And I didn't even tell Anne to ask that. 
She just did that on her own. Thank you, Anne. Okay, Gretch, it is not done. We met with a lawyer. We talked. I think we're supposed to provide some information. I don't think we have. So we've signed various agreements and, like, just talked about things, but we haven't executed it. So we need to do that. I'm glad Anne brought this up as a reminder. We'll put this under the summer of health that we need to get this done. But, Gretch, because I feel bad that I haven't done that, can I surprise you with an announcement of something we did get done? Oh, yes. What? Our passports. We renewed our passports. I've been saving that. As an announcement. So that was months. Mom, it was like really, you know, stressing out mom, I could tell, and me. Wait, didn't we try to do it when you were in Kansas City? Yes. We went and got our photos taken, and mom, like, (laughs) wonderfully, like, printed out all this paperwork. Yeah. I didn't follow through, and then our photos expired. And it's hard with a kid because you have to take them physically to the office, and both of you have to be present. It is hard. Yeah, or else you have to have, like, a notarized document or something. Yes. Anyway, we have done it. We went to Burbank. We did our appointment and now we're just waiting for them to arrive in the mail. So it should be in the next two weeks. So that is done, although the estate plan is not done yet. Okay. Well, just... Think about how great you feel now with the passports, how like you I feel know. Ten times. And I know in Happier in Hollywood, you were talking about the euphoria of handing in script 13. Yes. I if will you have want more euphoria. euphoria over, yes, yes. The euphoria my real that will estate. Come. I mean, yeah. <laughs> my estate plan will give me euphoria. It will. It'll feel so, so good. Okay. Now, uh, Gretchen Sarah wants to know she says, I know Gretchen eats bacon. Who can forget the tree ornament Jamie gave yes. her shaped like a piece of bacon? <laughs> yeah. But does she also eat the fatty part of the bacon? Yes, that is my favorite part. I love the fatty part of the bacon. Yep. Okay, good to know. I'm glad that somebody appreciates that Christmas ornament because I did. I, I do get a tremendous kick out of that every time we take it out of the box. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I also gave you an egg ornament. Yes, you did because you eat you so did. many eggs. I eat so many eggs. Yeah, I gave you one and Dad one. Yeah, we both eat a lot of eggs. Okay, Fred asked a, a sort of practical question. Can you provide an overview of the economics of podcasting? You mentioned that you reached 220 million downloads. Does that merit a certain rate for advertising? Well, Fred, we are not experts in kind of the economics of podcasting, which is changing all the time because like yes. everything in media is changing a lot. But long story short, yes. If you get more downloads, that definitely affects the rate for your advertising. So we appreciate that very much. (laughs) Yes, we do. And we appreciate it when you support our sponsors. Yes. Yeah, if you use those codes, not only do you you usually get a discount or some kind of benefit or free shipping or whatever it is, it helps us because it means that they know that we're the ones that were the source of the awareness. And that helps us just, our just general reach helps us. So both of those things are very helpful. Yes. So thank you, Fred. And then Annie um, Gretchen has a more profound question. She says, every day the world is full of so much suffering, injustice, hardship, and strife. What can I do to manage that feeling? I don't want to ignore the news. That seems wrong. But sometimes it all feels like too much. So, Gretchen, I know you spend a lot of time thinking about this issue. Yeah, and I think Annie hit it on the head, which is on the one hand, it feels so unbearable, but then on the other hand, you feel like it would be wrong to turn away and that we all have sort of a civic obligation to be 
educated and to be involved and to sort of expose ourselves to that pain so that we can be, that's part of what inspires us to take action or yeah. to try to make things better is to be aware that it's happening and to, and to feel the pain of that. Elizabeth, one, something that you say all the time I really think is true, which is that action is the antidote for anxiety. And I think for many people, when they take action on an issue, whatever that issue is, it gives them a kind of solace because yeah. you feel like somehow the suffering that you're feeling is being turned to good because you're, it's it's inspiring you to take action to try to address it. Yeah, and then Gretchen, you talk about having an empower hour, yes. which is a good way to deal with this. Right, well, so in, in Outer Order, Inner Calm, I talked about power hour, which is when you make a list of all the like nagging tasks, things that can be done at any time are often done at no time. So that's when you like run to the hardware store to get that washer or change a light bulb or whatever. That's power hour, just to get those things done. But then empower hour is making sure that you set aside time every week or every day or however you want to do it to make sure that you are doing things to work on putting your values into the world. Because again, with all the goodwill and good intention in the world, if you're busy, you don't, it's very easy not to take the time. Like I know sometimes I'll be like, oh, I really want to give money to a cause. But you can't just like give money. You have to figure out yeah. what's the best organization, what makes the best use of the money, what's maybe fraudulent. Sometimes it takes some research. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll email somebody who I know knows a ton. Like when I wanted to give money for people like trying to get into college, I had a friend who knew all those organizations. So she's like, oh, this you should give to bottom line. So I did. But so when do you or, or like I have a friend who's constantly writing notes to voters. She will hand write yeah. a note to voters in Pennsylvania or whatever. But she sets aside that time because otherwise the day comes and goes and you, it just sort of floated to the bottom of the list. So I think yeah. that's a great way to take action. And then, Gretchen, I know you suggest figure out what news you are going to watch, and yeah. then but don't doom scroll, don't yeah. do what I do, which is just have CNN on all day. Like, sort of pick what you're going to consume and then don't let it get out of control. Well, and I think that's an excellent point because like to Annie's point that you want to be educated. I think all of us have a sense of like, there's a point at which I'm educated and I'm learning and maybe the policies and the arguments and I and the facts and I'm learning. And then it becomes the point where it's just over and over and over. And maybe it's it's pumping up my emotions, but it's not adding to my knowledge or to my understanding of a situation. And that is often when people do feel overwhelmed, where they just yeah. feel completely drained. And yet it's sort of hard to, to turn it off. So I'm a big fan of ye old newspapers, like reading mm -hmm. an actual physical newspaper, because to me, I like the way that it's it's very dense in information, but it, there's sort of a beginning, middle, and end. You know, you turn the page, you turn the page that that's actual paper. People might not want to have actual paper, but you might say, I'm going to look at a certain news source mm -hmm. or for a certain part of the day or certain times of day, but you're going to limit it so that it just, if you feel like it just can take over your your mind in a way that is maybe, I mean, often it can like actually get in the way of your you taking useful action because you're so overwhelmed by it that, um, you know, it's hard to act. Thank you, Annie. I think that's a question a lot of people are grappling with. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. When we come back, we will have more listener questions, but first this break. Mm -hmm. 
We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian-approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Elizabeth, uh, more listener questions. Caroline asks, um, because of the upcoming episode about the office BFFs, yes, that is our next choice for hmm. our Happier Podcast Book Club. I've been reading the book, which I love. In it, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey take turns writing, and their sections are labeled with their names. I really enjoyed this kind of conversational book. It made me think, would Gretchen and Elizabeth ever write a book like that, where they each took turns writing? I would love that. That would be fun. Yes. I oh. would love to do that. But what would we write about? I have no idea. Something happier related, I guess. Yes. Oh, listeners, if you have an idea of a book yes. that we should write, because it is really fun. I love the way they tell stories in their own voices and they are yes. both very distinctive. And it's such a fun way to read a book. Elizabeth. Yes, let's do it. We've always wanted to write a book together. We always wanted to have a radio yes. show together. Now we have a podcast, which is even better than a radio show. Yes. We did a live tour together. Yes. Now we write Next a book. step, okay. we have to write a book together. Sarah and I wrote two novels together. Yes. And what we did is had them broken down into four characters' points of view. And then we each wrote two of the characters. Mm. Because it would have been too hard for us to actually right. write a novel together. So, yes. But this this is different. This is you and me in our own voices yes. writing, which right. I think is super fun. Yeah, I think it's a great okay. idea. So people send us, send, us an, send us a topic. What's the topic? Yes. What should we write a book about? So, Elizabeth, I will post links in the show notes to those two novels. Tell, they have the best titles. Tell us yes. what those titles are. Bass Ackwards and Belly Up and Foot Free and Fancy Loose. Excellent. So fun to read. 
Stacy asks, did you actually enjoy recording episode seven of More Happier or was it torturous speaking softer and more slowly? Would you consider recording another rest-inducing episode? Yes, this was our episode of More Happier, which we did in this very kind of soporific, soft, slow tone. Yeah, because we wanted it to be something people could listen to as they fell asleep. Yes, it was supposed to be mildly interesting. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was so much fun and very relaxing to do. Yes. So if you would like another one, let us know and we could do another one. Our idea was that you could just listen to the same one over and over because hopefully you would never hear it, really. (laughs) You'd be asleep. Yes. But we'll Gretchen, do another maybe one. the last one was about set jobs, because that's yeah. something a lot of people don't know about. Maybe we could do one where you give an in-depth explanation of the four tendencies. Because, again, a lot of people know something about that, but you could go into the, all the details. But, Elizabeth, another idea that I thought could be fun is we could do sort of a tour of Kansas City. And, you know, it would be things like, um, now we're going to Loose Park, famous for its beautiful rose garden with a fountain in the center. The roses grow over the, you know, the archways. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. Yeah, let us know. Lots of ideas. If people are interested in that, let us know. Perfect. Sarah asks us, you both talk about your mom having such great taste and style. I'm curious what she did or does for work slash her career. So when we were growing up, she was a full-time parent and she had lots and lots of very demanding volunteer obligations. So yes. I remember she was working on a huge project the year I was applying for college, and it was like the paperwork that was over our breakfast room table, like, is seared in my memory. Yes, I remember that. And then at a certain point, she took a job working for the Nelson Atkins Museum, which she loved and did that for many years. Yes, she got the job at the Nelson, I think, when we both um, were off to college, So, and she loved that job. And Sarah has two more questions. She wants to know, when are we going to get to see and read this book of the five senses? Gretchen, you have mentioned you're writing a book about the five senses. Yes, Sarah, thank you for asking. That book will be coming out in April 2023. So stay tuned for that. I'm very excited to unleash that on the world. Yes. And then Sarah's final question is, Liz, I know you said there is nothing harder than doing a first season to a show except doing a second season. (laughs) How has Fantasy Island been different or more challenging than you thought for the second season? Ooh, that's a great question. Great question. Yes. First season is really hard because you're figuring out the tone of the show and how to write the show and how to produce the show. Now, second season- And casting the regulars, which is very hard. So on Fantasy Island, I do think creatively the show was much easier second season. We had figured it out, so the, the scripts flowed much more easily. So in that sense, it was easier. But second season, we just had so many production issues that were out of our hands. A lot of people got COVID, so we had to shut down or couldn't shoot certain things at certain times. We had a lot of rain. We had a guest star who just sort of up and walked out in the middle of an episode, and then we had to reshoot three days. I mean, we just had sort of, you know, the FedEx packages wouldn't arrive and we wouldn't have a prop. I mean, whatever you could think could happen, happened. So in that (laughs) sense, it was like this ever-shifting ground where we were trying to keep up with what was happening, which is why um, Sarah and I say, like, it's the nimble life, right? You have to just Mm. stay nimble. 
So it was challenging in that sense. But you know what? We were thrilled to have a second season, not complaining. And I hope to have a third season where I'm sure it'll be difficult in a whole different way. (laughs) In a whole new way. Yeah. Coming up, we have another Hollywood-related question for Elizabeth. But first, this break. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Gretchen, Sandy has a great question for you. She says, how much time do you allot to your daily Met visit, including the walk? I really love this daily museum visit concept. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that it resonates with you. It's interesting. I think a lot of people, this this kind of repetitive visits over and over really appeals to them, which is interesting to me because I thought maybe no one in the world would find this to be sort of a compelling thing to do. (laughs) But it seems like for a certain kind of person, it is really exciting. And a lot of people do it much more than I thought. They'll go to the same park every day or they'll walk their dog in the exact same way Mm. to see how it changes over time. With the Met, fortunately, I live very close to the Met, which is like I am the luckiest person in the world. And I I never take that for granted. Every single time I walk there, it takes me about seven minutes to walk there. So it's a very manageable walk. And then when I go there, it really depends. Sometimes if I'm like don't have that much time, I'll just go in, look at one thing and come out. Sometimes like there's a new exhibit, so I'll spend a lot of time looking at something. Often I'll give myself a little assignment. Like today when I went, I love silence and I will, I usually like part of what I enjoy about the Met is that it is like, I'm not listening to anything. I'm just kind of alone with my thoughts, but I wanted to experiment with sort of soundtrack. Mm. So I was giving myself different songs and seeing how having a soundtrack to my visit affected the way I was looking at the art. So Mm. that was, I kind of gave myself an assignment or or I do something where I I call it Met Roulette, which is I bought this giant book about the Met. And I'll I'll open it at random, read up on one object, and then go look for it. And part of what's fun is I have to see if I can walk straight to it. Like, how well do I know the Met? Do I know, oh, I know where that thing is? Some things, it's like, if it's a giant painting of George Washington, where there's a very famous painting of George Washington, that I know where it is. But then it's like some little bronze reliquary of like Mm -hmm. a stupa. It's like, okay, where's can I walk straight to it? 
So that's fun. So sometimes it's long, sometimes it's short. Sometimes I just wander around. Sometimes I have a little assignment. That's part of what I like about doing it every day. I I can mix it up because I have, I just have so many visits. I don't have to do any one particular thing at any one visit because I just, I always have another visit. Elizabeth, Jane says, okay, well, we sort of talked about this in that slow, soporific, more happier. Jane said, I recently watched a show on TV and I noticed the following titles. And what do all these different producers do? So, Elizabeth, I'm going to read you the the title and you tell us briefly what that person does. This is, well, uh, this actually, is a great Gretchen, question. Read oh. the whole thing because it's a more conceptual answer. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yes. So she wants to know... Uh, these roles, executive producer, producer, supervising producer, associate producer, line producer. And then she says it then went on to detail director, screenwriter, et cetera. So yeah, how do you, how do you, what, what's the difference among all these producers? Okay. Well, in television, writers are also producers. So like executive producer, There are non-writing executive producers, but also you can have executive producer, co-executive producer, supervising producer, producer. They all might be writers. Likely, they're all writers on the staff. They're just different levels in the hierarchy. So what they do Mm. can often be the same, which is break story, write scripts, go to set. It's just they're different levels of the hierarchy. The line producer is the person who's in charge of the money, in charge of the budget. Um, And that is a very specific job. And then associate producer is also on the production side, someone who's in charge of physical production. So that's sort of how it breaks down. So so whether you're called a supervising producer, producer, executive producer, is more a question of like seniority or authority. It's not like the word supervising is kind of just an indicator. It It doesn't really mean anything about what what you're actually doing. Correct. Um, And now some executive producers, again, are non-writing like, you know, you could be Mick G, for instance, and he's a big figure who's an executive producer, but he wouldn't be on staff. Or you could have someone who's on staff and isn't even the showrunner, but has enough seniority that they've become an executive producer. Okay. So there's a range of executive producers. I'm an executive producer on Fantasy Island, but I'm also the showrunner. But someone else could also, you know, we also have other executive producers. Well, I remember when we talked to Niall DeMarco, he was an executive producer on Deaf U, but he wasn't running the show or like involved in it. Right, but he had developed the show. Yes, right. And and had a role in the show being on the air. Yeah. So basically it sounds like these are very loose terms that can kind of cover a lot Many of, of them are. Line yeah. producer and associate producer are okay. not. They're, right. You know what those people do. So it's funny that it's the same term because it seems like it's a very, like a completely different kind of I know. role. Okay. <gasps> yeah. So here's a question. Showrunner is a term that you hear all the time, but it like never shows up. Is it kind of an informal term that you're, it's not yeah. an official title. Yeah, it's something that sort of evolved over time because people needed a name of what to call huh. the person who was running the show. But yeah, it's not right. as if any. There's no show has on the screen like so and so showrunner. It's not an official title in that oh, sense. Oh, interesting. It's yeah. a great phrase because it just so captures. Yes, you what get you're doing. exactly what yeah. the person does. Yeah, especially yes. in the yes. context of supervising. For you're like, what the heck yes. is that? But showrunner, you're yeah. like. 
I think I can make a good guess what that person does. Yes, exactly. Gretch, this is so much fun. I love just knowing what everybody's questions are. So much fun. Thanks, everybody, for sending in questions. If you have another question for us, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. For links, photos, all that, as always, go to the show notes. This is episode 380. It's a very special episode. Um, so you can go to happiercast.com slash 380 for everything related to this episode. And this week, the resources. I mentioned Father's Day. Another idea for Father's Day, and I know this from previous years, if you are shopping for a father in your life, it seems that many people often give my book 40 Ways to Look at Winston Churchill. I've just noticed this over the years, that mm -hmm, after mm -hmm. Father's Day, I hear from a lot of people who have read the book who say, oh, I got it for Father's Day. So if there is somebody in your life who you think would be interested in reading a short biography of Winston Churchill, I will post a link to that in the show notes. And also, I want to remind everybody about my moment of happiness. I love quotations. If you love quotations, I send out a short quotation about happiness and human nature five days a week. It's free, and you can screenshot it or save it. And if you want to sign up for that, it is happiercast.com slash preferences and just pick daily happiness quotation. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? Gretch, inspired by you, I downloaded Chronicles Volume 1 by Bob Dylan. I'm going to start listening this weekend. How about you? And I just started Under the Net by Iris Murdoch. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Thank you for your questions. They are so fun to hear. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, in honor of our very special episode 380, please be sure to tell a friend. Uh, personal recommendations is how we get the post podcast that we love to listen to. And it's also how people discover the show. We really, really appreciate that. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Gretch, I'm so intrigued by this notion of writing a book together. If we're in Kansas yes. City together this summer, we have to figure out, like, what is it going to be? My mind is on fire. I think this would be so much fun to do. But what yes. about what? That is the big yeah. question. Okay, that we'll figure it out. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within 
in their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.